The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Well, hey there, it's Dr. Doug Bursch. I pastor Evergreen Church in Auburn, Washington, and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. Well, it's Easter week, and I'm sure you have lots of Easter traditions. I'll talk about a few of mine. Uh, But one of the things I want to talk about on today's show is the two sides of the cross. Often we only focus in on one side, the side where Christ dies for our sins. I want to focus on the other side today, the side where he identifies with the sins done against us. On today's Fairly Spiritual Show. Happy Easter week. So glad you could join me for today's fairly spiritual show. Today is Good Friday. That's kind of an odd day, right? Uh, I'm not that liturgical. Uh, I don't come from a liturgical tradition, Um, but some people are going to Good Friday services tonight. You've gone to Monday, Thursday services, and then uh, Easter Sunday. He is risen. Easter Sunday is kind of an awkward time for me is because there's people there who are really happy, and then there's other people there who've been dragged to church. And so as a pastor, that's kind of a mixed bag for me. I'll look out on uh, the congregation, and there'll be some people smiling and rejoicing, and others with their arms folded, just like upset that grandma brought them to church. And I always want to just be able to tap them on the shoulder and say, you're released. Just go out into the car. (laughs) Go and be free. I don't want you to be here if you don't want to be here. But um, that's the Easter weekend. I hope uh, you have fun Easter traditions. For some of you, getting together with family is not so fun. For others, it's a blast. Before I move on any further, if you'd like to text the show, here's the number, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. 360-818-4513. Let me say it again for the people on the back, 360-818-4513. 818-4513. You can also go to our website, fairlyspiritual.org, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or wherever. Hey, there's so many ways to avoid us if you want to, but if you don't want to avoid us, please join the movement, The Fairly Spiritual Show. You can get the podcast. You can go to the website, fairlyspiritual.org. Uh, so Easter traditions. For our church, we don't make it a big deal. Uh, I'm, I'm not trying to judge other churches, but this has been my struggle with Easter. Sometimes we make it this really big thing, and uh, it's we make it different than every day of the, of the year. But the reality is we just kind of picked a day on the calendar, and we, and we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. I hope people know that you know he didn't actually raised from the dead on that Sunday. We just kind of picked that Sunday. And for me, every Sunday is a resurrection Sunday. And and every Sunday, we make room for the resurrected presence of Jesus. And there's something in me that just kind of struggles with the fact that we'd make that Sunday more important than other Sundays. And then sometimes what happens is we work, you know, we just work our our workers into the ground. We do these elaborate, you know, special events and, you know, we drop eggs from helicopters and Again, if I describe things, it's going to sound like I'm judging other expressions. But for me, it sometimes just becomes a little ridiculous. And everybody's worn out and everybody's doing these big things. And in the end, I'm like, I don't know. 
Maybe we could have just got together and sang a few songs and worshiped the Lord. You know, I just got together as the body of Christ and made room for the presence of God. So in our church, we do it really simple. Uh, we get. I also, I also want, I want my workers to enjoy their time with their family. I, I don't like it when the church wears out the workers, where they're miserable about Christmas and Easter. I just think there's something wrong with that. So I want it that our worship team and our children's ministry workers, that they can enjoy their time with their family. So we do something very simple, normal worship time, a simple message on the cross. And then afterwards, we do an Easter egg hunt that I do not promote because I cannot stand those Easter egg hunts where everyone's just like attacking each other and you know, kids are crying and stomping on each other. I don't want any of that. In fact, I actually call it a socialist Easter egg hunt. I announce it to everyone before we start. I have everyone be quiet and I say, hey, this is what we do at Evergreen Church. We do a socialist Easter egg hunt. They all look at me and I say, here's the deal. Everyone gets the same amount of eggs. Everyone gets 12. I make the kids repeat, you get 12 eggs. And I, I, I do this. Honestly, I say, come up to me and when you have 12 eggs, I will count your 12 eggs. And I mean, I don't exactly count, but and they, they show me, these little kids show me the 12 eggs, and then we give them a little stuffed animal. And that's what we do. And it's just very simple and sweet, and no one's pushing anyone over, and no one's crying, and no one's like, I didn't get any candy. And by the way, we don't give much candy because they get enough candy as it is. And we go home, we get to be with our family, and it's simple. But sometimes, you know, we just make it this huge thing. And, you know, if you want to make it a huge thing, great for you. But as for me, I just... It's too much. But what I want to talk about on today's show is where, uh, when it comes to Easter, what's the story? You know, it's the story of the cross. It's the story of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I want to confess to you where I got it wrong, where I fundamentally got it wrong when I was preaching the cross, and where I really made mistakes as a young pastor. And I think other pastors might make this mistake, and other Christians might make this mistake, where I was only preaching one side of the cross. I believe there are at least two sides to the cross. There's the side of the cross where Jesus Christ has died for our sins, that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all of us, outside of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, do not stand righteous before God. And we needed someone who took our sins seriously. Sometimes people get upset with this. They say, well, a loving God wouldn't punish sin, but I, I needed my sin to be punished. I needed to stand right. I needed someone not to overlook my sins. I didn't feel right about the sins that I'd done against God and against others. I didn't need someone to say, ah, you know, it's no big deal. You know, we'll just overlook it. I needed someone to take seriously the fact that I greatly regret the sins that I've done against the people I love. Anytime I've ever yelled at my wife or I've yelled at my kids or I've sinned against the people I love, that, that isn't something that should be overlooked. That's wicked. That, I, I never was supposed to treat anyone that way. I needed forgiveness. But there was no way to bring true justice to my sins. There was no way for me to bring true justice to my sins, except for through the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross is God understanding that I needed justice. But in order for justice to come to me, I literally would have had to face death, and therefore I would not have faced life. So I needed justice. But in order for me to face justice, there would be no life in me. And so a death for my sins is not an angry, mean God, but it's a loving God who understood that I wanted to stand right in all my relationships. That you want to stand right in all your relationships. You don't want people just to overlook your sins. 
I don't want it just to be, ah, it's no big deal that you did those things. It is a big deal. And God took my sins seriously. Other people don't. Other people say, I know you're a good guy, Doug. And God said, no, there's things you did that are wrong, Doug, and you know that. And you know that you want to be clean. You want to, you, you, you want to not just feel right, you want to be right from the inside out. And so there's an aspect to the cross where Jesus took our sins, he took our punishment, and he took our place. And he became our righteousness. And every sin we've ever committed and ever, every failing and every fault, he took our punishment and he became our righteousness. And so that I stand clean and pure and righteous before God and before others. And that's good news. And that's a good part of the cross. That's one side of the cross. Now, for me, though, I used to only preach that side of the cross. I would get before people, and I would do that thing that you're supposed to do, right? You'd stand before people, and first you'd convince them that they're sinners, and you'd talk about that, you know, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and, you know, sin isn't measured by a degree, and one sin is like any sin, and, and I'd go through this whole list, and I'd talk about them being sinners, and I'm a sinner, and you're a sinner, and this sin separates us from God, and sin leads to death, and and then we need a, a Savior, and you need a Savior, and there's one who's died for our sins, and, and do you accept Jesus Christ's death and resurrection as, as your righteousness? And I'd ask people to commit to that, and I'd ask them to receive that. Do you receive the righteousness of God as your righteousness, that Christ's death is your death? And I would lead them to that relationship. But in doing so, I had forgotten to preach another central aspect of the cross, because there's not just one side to the cross. There's two sides. The cross is not just about Jesus Christ forgiving us of our sins. There's another essential part of the cross that is often not preached, and it's essential that we preach it. And I'm ashamed to say that for many years, I did not preach that other side of the cross And because of that, I wounded people in my church. They came into the church hurt and wounded and broken. And I spent all my time just talking about their sins, just talking about, and every person has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But I spent my whole time just talking about their sins, just about their failings, just about their faults, just about how their actions had separated them from God. But I did not talk about the other side of the cross. And the other side of the cross is this, that Jesus Christ went to the cross because he understands that there have been people who've been sinned against, who've been abused, who've been harmed. And he went to the cross to identify with their sins, to identify with the sinned against. I'm going to talk about that side of the cross when we return. Hey, thanks for listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. If you'd like more information about what we do, go to fairlyspiritual.org, the website. Uh, You can find past shows, how to subscribe through iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher and other things like that. You can also support us. We need your support to stay on the radio. Uh, I'd love it if you'd text me. You can text me through 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. And please pick up my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church, from a reluctant pastor. That's the community of God, a theology of the church from a reluctant pastor. When you buy one of those books, I even ding a bell in my house and go, yay. So if you want me to do that this week, 
pick it up and buy it today at Amazon. Thank you for your support. Okay, if you just joined me, I'm talking about we got Easter coming up. We're on Good Friday. And uh, sometimes we don't preach two sides of the cross. And for many years, I only preached one side of the cross. I preached the side of that the cross is about that Jesus died for our sins, that we had sinned against others, and that we needed our sins to be judged. And some people, and I, I brought that up, I'm not going to get into that more, but that's not that we have an angry God who wants to judge us and hurt us. That's a God who understands that we need to be reconciled, that I know that I had sinned against others and that I don't stand right with others, and I wanted someone to take that seriously, and I wanted someone to truly pay the price for my sins. I truly wanted to be made right. And so God, in his grace, made a way for me to stand right before him and right before others. That is definitely one side of the cross, the forgiveness of our sins, to stand right before God. But I often would only preach that message, the message that we are sinners and all fallen short of the glory of God and we need his righteousness. But I did not preach the other side of the cross, which is just as important, that Jesus went to the cross to identify with the sinned against. Let me say that again to identify with the sinned against, not just to identify with the sinned against, but to heal the sinned against. And see, the problem is when I would preach the message of the cross is about, you need to recognize you're a sinner and Christ died to, for your sins and you need to repent of your sins and come to him, that I didn't bring people the healing that the cross brings to the sinned against. Because in our churches this Sunday, people will come in who've been abused. Now, now, all of us have been sinned against, but there are people in this world who've been sinned against more, who faced greater trauma, who faced greater hurt. And in our churches, in our homes, in our friendships, in our relationships, there are people who've been greatly harmed and sinned against, who've been abused, who've been abandoned, who've been neglected, who the people who should have loved them and cared for them the people who should have treated them with the greatest love and the greatest respect harm them the most. They've been sinned against. Jesus Christ identifies with your sins. It's so crucial for us to understand this. We do not have a God who is not familiar with what it's like to be sinned against. We don't have this pristine, holy God who's separate from our hurts, and our pains. But we have a God who's walked through sin and understands what it's like to be sinned against. And when you look at Jesus, you realize that he has identified with being sinned against in so many ways, right? He was sinned against by the people who should have accepted him. He was sinned against by the people who should have cared for him. He was sinned against by the people he invested the most time in. He was sinned against by his own congregation, by his own people. He was beaten. He was spit upon. He was stripped naked. You know, the scripture doesn't write everything that happened to Jesus, and I personally believe that Jesus was harmed and defiled in every way. Jesus identifies with every single one of us. Jesus knows what it's like to be sinned against. And if you're listening right now, and you've been sinned against, and you've been abused and harmed and neglected, abandoned, forsaken, spit upon, beaten, 
these are difficult things. I know even as I'm talking about it, this is hard, and I'm not trying to hurt you. But you truly have been sinned against. Jesus identifies with you. He understands you. He actually is with you. He went to the cross so that he could be with you in that place. Like, I I don't understand. I don't know. But God knows. And God understands. And I think about, here's the problem. I would preach these messages before I understood this. I would spend my whole time saying, you need to understand that you're a sinner and that you have sinned against God and that you need to repent of your sins and receive salvation. But people who've been sinned against, who've been abused, often, and psychologists show this, when you've been repeatedly sinned against and abused, often there's this twisted mindset where people begin to believe they're deserving of being abused. They begin to believe, I must just be a bad person. I must just have done something wrong. I must just be deserving of this abuse. And so what happens is someone comes in with an incredibly low self-worth and a low self-esteem, and then I come to them and I say, yeah, not only do you have a low self-worth and a low self-esteem, you've also sinned against God and you've sinned against others and you need to repent and get yourself right with God. And so they do that, but I never deal with the area of their life that is broken, the area where God says, I want you to understand that I see where you've been sinned against and I've come to identify with you and to heal you. I've come to say, you did not deserve that. That was not your fault. And I'm here to be with you and to heal you and to hold you. These are the two sides of the cross. The sinned against and the sinner. It's both. We we can't just look at one or the other. Every person has sinned against God. Every single one of us has sinned against God and we've sinned against others. But also, many of us have been sinned against as well. And some have been sinned against in ways that are just unimaginable. But the good news is that Jesus Christ has come to identify with the sinned against. That's the other side of the cross. Now, if you think I'm exaggerating this too much, I want to look at a very familiar passage, Isaiah 53, because people quote Isaiah 53 as a messianic passage because it is a messianic passage, and they will quote it only for the areas of the one side of the cross, the part where Jesus Christ has come to take away our sins. But if you read Isaiah 53, it talks about both sides of the cross, not only that Jesus has come to take away our sins, but Jesus has also come to identify with the sin against. So I'm just going to read Isaiah 53 and look at both sides, that Jesus came for both things. Here's Isaiah 53. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took our pain. See, that's not sin. I mean, he takes our sins, but he took our pain 
and bore our suffering. See, on Easter, we're supposed to, and on Good Friday, we're not supposed to just preach about taking our sins, but that Jesus took our pain and he took our suffering. It says, surely he took our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. See, we preach that part our transgressions and our iniquities, but before that it says our pain and our sufferings. See, the cross is about both. Jesus came for our pain and our suffering and our transgressions and our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of this generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer, and though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand after he has suffered. He will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils of the strong, because he poured out his life unto death, and was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Jesus definitely, definitely bore our transgressions, but he also took our afflictions, he took our suffering, and he took our pain. I want to encourage you this Easter to not just give your sins to Jesus. Give him your pain. Give him the sins done against you. As Jesus carried that cross, he didn't just carry your sins. He carried the sins done against you. For me, and I'm sure for you, the cross is a sacred place. And there are days when I can't stand under my own weight. I certainly can't stand under the weight of my own sins. And so I need the righteousness of God, and I have the righteousness of God to forgive me of all my sins. But there are days when I can't stand against the sins done against me. And on those days, I must run to the cross. And I'll, and I'll be honest, sometimes I just get this image where I run to the cross and I crawl up on the cross, and I hold on to my Savior. I know that's a graphic image, but it's the image I use. I hold on to my Savior, and he is strong enough. He is strong enough to forgive me of my sins, and he is strong enough to heal me of the sins done against me. Jesus identifies with you. He identifies with the sins that have been done against you. And he's here to bring you healing. Let me pray for you. Father God, I pray right now for anyone who's listening to this, who's experienced tremendous sin 
and harm, who's been sinned against, been abused. And I pray in Jesus' name that this Easter season, they would experience the healing of the cross. They would experience your presence. They would experience this aspect of the cross, that Jesus Christ, you identify with us. You understand our suffering. You bear our suffering. You bear our grief. You are familiar with our grief. You are familiar with our suffering. And you come to bring us comfort and healing and resurrected life. We thank you for Easter. We thank you for Resurrection Sundays. We thank you that you care about our sins and the sins done against us. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. All right. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show, you can text me at 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. Or go to the website, fairlyspiritual.org. That's fairlyspiritual.org. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. He has work to do in your life, and it's good work. I appreciate you so much. I will see you next time. Seating broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.